let's talk about how fear is used to scare people into religion, to scare them into believing in the first place, and to keep them afraid and keep them clinging on to that religion. From my experience, and I know that I'm not alone in this, pastors talk frequently about hell, about consequences, about what happens if you don't live right, about spending eternity away from the creator because we are all human and we all make mistakes and we all sin and all fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, because Adam and Eve sinned such a long time ago that it's basically cursed mankind and that we are just inherently awful beings. We're supposed to be just so thankful that Jesus came down and, and died for our sins or else we would be doomed for eternity, that he's the only path. He's the reason why we're not going to burn for eternity. And, you know, even if you don't believe that hell is eternal, we're still going to be separated from God forever because we're human. I'm sure you've probably heard the messages at church like, if you died today, do you know for certain that you're going to be with God forever? If you don't know, then get up to this altar right now. And you know which group is especially impressionable? Wow, that's not easy to say. Especially impressionable. Especially impressionable. I can't do it. You know which group is especially impressionable? Teenagers. And I think youth pastors really love the scare tactics, you know. Teenagers, do you want to keep living the way you have been? Or do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to continue down this path that leads you away from God? Lusting after the opposite sex? Listening to secular music? Or do you want to be with Jesus? Because the road that you're on is a dangerous road, friend. And they'll quote verses like Matthew 7, 23, where it's like, depart from me. I never knew you. And just really intense emotional stuff like that, that makes us believe that we are worthless, not worthy of God's love. But, you know, thankfully we have that grace and have the ability to not suffer for eternity. And this fear builds up inside you to the point where even if you start questioning things, you start questioning God, you feel like, God is listening to you. God is hearing you question, and he's very disappointed in you even questioning his existence or questioning things about the Bible. And you feel like you're letting God down. Lots of fear tactics to keep people clinging to religion. So I bring up fear tactics because today I'm talking about Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames is a drama which I believe was started by Reality Outreach Ministries, says here on their website that they've been doing it for 40 years in over 100 countries. Millions of people have given their lives to Jesus. I was one of those millions. And if you're interested in booking Reality Outreach to put this on, you can book it for the low, low price of $4,450. That's a hell of a deal, $4,450. Think about it. If 10 people give their life to Christ, that's $445 a soul. What a bargain. It's a huge production with actors and lighting and pyrotechnics sometimes, these big sets, music, the whole deal. And it's engineered to scare people into coming to Jesus, which is what happened to me. I saw Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames when I was a senior in high school, 17 years old, and it altered the course of my life. And I'm not being dramatic when I say that. It completely changed the course of my life. And not in a good way. I'm going to show a few clips from the drama so it could be a little bit triggering if you've seen it before or if you haven't and you're just triggered by talk of hell and things like that. So be warned. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life 
was cast into the lake of fire. It's basically a traveling Christian haunted house. You can see right out of the gate, it immediately starts with get saved or burn. It is pretty cool that they got Skrillex to DJ at these live performances. I didn't realize that they had EDM back in 33 AD. Father, forgive them. Nail them to the cross. When my church put this drama on, they left the discretion up to the parents. The church advised that maybe the kids don't watch, but they also were like, if you're a parent and you have a kid and you think it's okay, then they can sit in here and watch. And then you see stuff like this where it's like, like devils and demons and stuff. And how traumatizing that would be for kids. There were actors, but there were also people from my church who were involved. So it brought that familiarity of watching and being like, oh, there's my friend on stage. And then when demons drag them to hell, it adds an extra level of, I guess, making it feel real. I'm also trying to not get a copyright claim on this video. So I'm not going to play the song, but there's a song that after they nailed Jesus to the cross, it's like, he's alive, he's alive. And uh, Jesus comes out there like the smoldering look, like I've defeated death. And that song just brings back so many memories. It instantly takes me back to when I was 17. He's alive. Terrible song, but you know, really tugs at the heartstrings and, and everybody in the crowd's like, he is alive. Also, why does Jesus look like Dan Bilzerian? Can't they get this guy a wig? It's Jesus with a buzz cut. Are they just trying to be edgy? The calendar flips over to the year 33 and he's like, new year, new me. Why do evangelical Christians seem to have such a death fetish? Like you've seen the TikTokers probably who are like, I'll stand up for Jesus even if it means death. Like, where is this coming from? Who's who's talking about this? Like the Facebook posts are like, I would gladly die for Christ today. I wake up hoping for death. He's alive! So it starts off with this older woman who has been serving Jesus her whole life and she dies and she wakes up at the gates of heaven and she's like, she goes up to the angel and she says, it's my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I just know it is. And then Buzzcut Christ comes out and he's like, come on in my child. Come into heaven. You did well. The second skit is the one that really speaks to me because it's teenagers who are drinking and driving and they're joking around about God and hell and they're like, <laughs> like scoffing at it. And this is one of the skits that had one of my friends from church in it. Well, they die in a car crash and they wake up at the gates of heaven and you can kind of guess what happens. Forget about the game, Angel. What about me? No, I know I didn't do anything. Please, Angel, please. Come on, a preacher. Get me in there. Or make it up this time. Give us another chance. No, no, no. Angel, no. No, no. Demons, get the girls. I want the girls. <laughs> they are mine. <laughs> the intensity is just off the charts. You know, they have the fire playing on the screen. They have the voice modifier where it's like, <laughs> and like the demons run from off stage and grab them and drag them to hell. So you can see how that would be pretty intense for somebody who is, at the time, I considered myself a Christian, but I hadn't really given my life to Jesus yet. 
And this scared the shit out of me. It made me think that I could leave here, I could drive home, and I could get in a car crash tonight and die. And then wake up at the gates of heaven and not get in and be tortured. I do love the corny line that they threw in there for Satan. I love beer commercials. I inspire them all. What is? Who wrote this? Somebody who's never drank beer, apparently. Taste great, less silly. Go down smooth. I love beer commercials. I inspire them all. <laughs> it really is crazy when you think about it. The system that God has allegedly set up, right? I'm going to speak to a very few people in the Middle East thousands of years ago, and they're going to write some stuff down. And then thousands of years later, this guy is going to claim to be my son, and more people are going to write some stuff down. Most of it's going to come well after he's dead and be translated multiple times, mistranslated. And we're, we're going to have some people put that together a few hundred years later, and that's going to become the Holy Bible, God's word. And you're going to have to believe that these words are true, despite there being no good evidence for my existence. And if you don't believe it, you're going to be separated from me for eternity. That seems totally logical and fair. There's guilt baked into all of these sketches, and that's done on purpose. They want to hit everybody. They want everybody to feel that guilt. Like there's the one sketch that's the uh, guy with his son, and the mom is a Christian. He's like, yeah, your mom's a Christian, but, you know, we've got plenty of time. And the kid's like, I just want to be like you, Dad. So there's that parent guilt, you know, of raise your kids to be like Jesus. And there's also the guilt on the kid right there. It's like, don't make role models out of your parents unless they believe in God. I think the worst part of this drama is the one where the woman is at the end of her rope and she ends up killing herself. Like she's had this miserable life where she had an abusive husband. She has an alcohol problem and she just wants to be done with it. And it's like, oh, and here's a little cherry on top. You get the burn for that. It's always bugged me the way that Christians talk about suicide. Like it's an unforgivable sin because you can't repent for it. Like some people have a really, really hard time in life and they don't need this. You know, Jesus isn't the medicine. People who are suicidal need help, real help, not the guilt that they're going to burn forever for taking their own life. Let's talk about families being ripped apart for eternity. There's the one skit where the little girl believes in God, but her mom doesn't. They die at the same time. They wake up at the gates of heaven and the little girl gets to watch her mom get dragged away to hell. And then a few minutes later, she's ushered into heaven by Jesus. So does she just forget about her mom then for all of eternity? Does she not think about her mom being tortured forever? Oh, dang, that really sucks about mom. But hey, I get to go worship God for all of eternity. Yay. And then you get to the end, and here comes the pastor with the altar call, of course. I know there's some people out there that this really touched. If that's you, slip up your hand. And then they get into the whole weird, like, turn to your neighbor and ask them thing. And I remember because this happened at my church, and it's the reason that I went up to the altar. I didn't go at first, even though I felt... Like my heart was beating like crazy and I was like, I'm so guilty. I'm going to burn in hell if I don't get right. But it wasn't until the pastor was like, everybody turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you need to go up to the altar? And so the lady next to me asked me, 
And I guess she could see it on my face. And I was like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I'll go up there. It's like, of course, a lot of people are going to go up there. You just watch this drama that's showing a bunch of people burning if they don't know for sure that they're right with God. So anybody in that church who's kind of like they live in sin and they're like, they don't feel like they're completely right with God, of course they're going to go to the altar. The whole thing is just a freaking ultimatum. Love me or else. Love me or burn. I just feel bad because I know so many people are going to be introduced to this drama. They're still putting it on all the time in lots of churches everywhere. And there are going to be some people, especially teenagers, who make that commitment to live for Jesus because they're scared of hell. And they're going to spend several years of their lives living for God, not only out of that fear. I understand that people believe, you know, for other reasons and just have faith in God. But a lot of people are initially moved into this by fear and kept in it by fear as well. Like that's where the whole Pascal's wager thing comes in. Like I would rather live for God and be wrong than not live for God and be wrong and then, you know, suffer forever. It's just bullshit. And here's my altar call. Friend, if you watched Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, just know that it's just emotional manipulation. Its sole purpose is to scare the shit out of you into believing.